Hello, hello. Welcome back to Dive Deep with Lavinia. It's your host, Lavinia. Today, we have a very special guest again. Um, all the way. Well, let, let's, before I um, kind of said like who she is and how like she has a little bit of background. If anyone knows, I probably have this only one friend who's a dancer. So that kind of like explains everything. <laughs> And like explains, you know, um, very funny thing about us is that we kind of like met, no, she picked me up when I first went to UK for university. And then on my first year, <laughs> and then on my first year, when I leave UK, she sends me off while I'm leaving UK. So um, quite a special friend. Let's welcome Rachel Lee. Yay. Hey. Hey guys. <laughs> You're not enthusiastic, okay? Okay, <laughs> okay. Hey. And you're just way too funny, so uh I just, you know. Okay, so let me just start introduce myself. So hey guys, I am Rachel Lee. So Levine and I we went to school together, we went to primary school together, secondary school. So it's you know, it's kind of weird. So that mm -hmm. we have just graduated from university, we have graduated from what we've studied. So that's really yeah. weird. And we but, also like picked both, picked like UK, but yeah, it's a little like different for the both of us. Before we go further into you, t um, you know, introducing about yourself, um, from what you guys see from the topic is a very special topic again. And I think this is like a topic that we've always talked about that we really have to present it to um the hong kong society or like as in you know debunk a lot of mystery and a lot of like norms that people think about this so our topic for this podcast is basically talking about becoming a dancer and why as in from rachel's perspective why you want to like go against the norms and you know pick something that's art and we're gonna talk a lot in delve and learning about you know the dance world i mean i'm learning a lot about the dance world and so we're going to learn a lot about the dance world. So if you're interested in dance, this is a great podcast, you know, better learn about the world of dancing. And also, you know, we're going to talk a bit more about how people think about learning arts in Hong Kong and how to, you know, you know debunk all those like thoughts. So let's, I'll hand the bat to Rachel to, you know, introduce a little bit more about herself. <laughs> You want to Ooh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> so, hey guys, I'm Rachel. So I've just graduated from Romber School of Ballet and Contemporary Dance. So yeah, I studied ballet and contemporary dance for the last three years. But actually my journey started when I was three years old. So I started ballet when I was three years old at a local ballet school. And yeah, it was just a hobby. I really liked ballet. I really liked dancing, but never thought, you know, I would become a professional dancer because that's totally not the norm and it's really hard to get up there as well and it's just you know it's just hard to tell parents oh I want to perform that has always been the back of my mind but it's like okay that's never gonna happen so yeah so you know I just kept on doing ballet and then I remember because when we were a bit older we had to go to the main branch to like take classes with the principal and at first, yeah, it was okay. Like the principal liked me. So she gave me quite a lot of different opportunities to 
perform and go to different competitions. And then I don't know, like one day, um, because I didn't go to class for like, I think two or three weeks in a row. It was just like a Saturday class with the principal. So I skipped, skipped like two, three classes in a row. Oops. Mm, oops. <laughs> but yeah, man, like she suddenly like started just comparing me with my best friend who like she's you know, a bit shorter to me, way skinnier. Like, I would say, like, I've been kind of a little bit muscly at that time uh, because I think I started gymnastics. So, like, I got mm-hmm. a little bit more muscly. But, well, to be honest now, I'm really grateful about that because I think that prevented a lot of my injuries. But anyways, going back to that. So she started comparing me a lot, like, saying that, oh, why can't you be like that person? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started wanting to give up and because it was just a bit hard. Like, that environment wasn't the environment that I wanted to be I wanted to dance I wanted to you know dive deep more into that but like she wasn't doing any good for me like so I was like I need to get out of this so like I had I think three ballet classes per week so two ballet classes in my local branch and one there so I want to get out of that situation and then somehow um at that time I think I was in form two so Somehow there was like a person who was a little bit older than me who studies at our school, um, not ballet school, but like actual academic school. And then she went to these classes at the APA. So it's the Hong Kong Academy for Performing Arts. She was there every single Saturday. I was like, hmm, what's that? And then she, I saw her hashtag. She was like, GYDP. So I like looked it up. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. It's called the Gifted Young Dancer Program by the HKAPA. So if you don't know what the APA is, APA is basically the only full-time performing arts school in Hong Kong. So it's the university level um, performing arts school. So you can do dance there. So you can major in ballet, contemporary dance, or Chinese dance, or you can do music or Chinese opera, even like a lot of different courses there. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like there's a gifted young dancer program, which is aimed for secondary school students from the age 14 to 18. So it's a one-year program and you go there every single Saturday. You get three classes. You get ballet, contemporary, and then you get repertoire as well. So each semester, there are two semesters every year. You learn a different style of dancing or you learn a, you, you get to like perform and rehearse that piece of rep. And then at the end of some showing, you get to perform it, which is really, really cool. And everybody there is so professional as well because it's program designed for people, for young people who want to become professionals. But at that time, did not know I want to be a professional. I just wanted to get out of that, you know, zone and wanted yeah. to explore more. I wanted to actually learn more about dance because like I learned ballet for a long time but I just felt like they weren't giving me that much and I wanted to learn more so I was like okay why not apply for it I actually applied it by myself my mom did not even know about that I was like well well if I get in I'll just let her know then it was really funny like after because for the prelims you will get a letter um from your letterbox and I got it Oh, uh, that's nice. Mom got it first. Uh-huh. Uh, anybody can do the audition. Like, it's an open audition. So you just fill in the application form and then you'll get the letter for your pre- prelim. And yeah, my mom saw a letter and she, she almost ripped it because I did not tell her. <laughs> I, yeah. And yeah. then, but yeah, I went to that audition and then I got into the second round. You know, there are so many people and they only select some people to go to the second round. And then mm-hmm. for the second round, I did it and I was like, I gave my best, but I don't think I would get it because everybody's levels are so high up there. And at that, that, that time, my level wasn't that high up there, I believe. 
So I was like, yeah. maybe I don't get a chance, but I tried my best and I got in. That really changed everything for me. I would say getting into the GYDP program, yeah, that really, really changed everything. So I got more training. I started learning contemporary. Um, so that was really, really cool. And I get to actually meet other people who have the same focus and drive for dance as well. Because at my local battle school, everybody's, you know, they just treat it as a hobby and not sometimes not even as a hobby. It was just really chill and I wanted I think, more. I wanted more training. Yeah. I think because APA is like, you know, professional, as in like in Hong Kong, it's like the professional like art school for like all like performing arts or like drama and stuff. But like if you go to like the normal like ballet schools around like Hong Kong, it's more like, oh, it's like a hobby or something. But yeah, yeah. that's a very like how you know, I'm very in depth. <laughs> wow. Wait, wait, wait. I'm really not done yet. That's only like the beginning, beginning. Okay, let me continue. I'm sorry, Lavinia. This is going to be a long one. Okay, so after GYDP, so I was there for four years, actually. So from 14 to 18. But I think after the, I think during the first year of GYDP, I had a friend and then she actually did a project with YAF. So YAF is called Hong Kong Youth Arts Foundation. Um, it's an organization which provides a lot of different opportunities in the arts for young people, which is really cool. By Lindsay McAllister, love her. She's amazing. Lindsay, she gave me so many opportunities. And so in my first year of GYDP, my friend did the, the arts in a park by them. And I was like, that looks so cool. I need to join next year because I just missed the deadline. So next year I auditioned for it and I got into it. And then arts in a park was my first project with YAF. And that also really changed everything for me because um, with YAF, I got invited. I was so lucky to get invited to so many different projects um, from performing projects. So I got to perform a lot. Like it was crazy. I remember there was one time when I performed like four weeks in a row. So four times in a row. So every single Saturday in a month, I performed every single week. It was during exam week as well. That was crazy. But um, yeah, it was really fun to perform and work with YAF because I got that opportunity to do that. And they taught me so much about dance as well. So um, that was really a turning point because with dance, I always thought, okay, you must be like technically super strong. You must be only like technique, technique, technique all the time. But it showed me so many ways on how to be creative and how to think creatively. That was very important. That opened my doors, I would say, to the contemporary world and how much I love it now. And yeah, from YAF as well, Although we did performing projects as well. I was involved in so many different projects. For example, um, I actually was in uh, Blood Brothers, a musical as well by Yaf. I did not sing, can't sing. I was a dancer. I was involved in three arts in a park. And then I think for one year, my last year, I was also a, a Yak as well. So a youth assistant choreographer. I was in the scheme. That taught me a lot about choreographing as well. And that was a really fun project to be with. And um, Ocean Art Walk. There's so many performance opportunities. And I've always wanted to perform. I love performing. So that was really great because that gave me so many different opportunities to perform. And I met so many amazing people, worked with so many amazing choreographers as well. From there, actually, from YAF, yeah. yeah, I actually, I don't know, we discussed a lot. Um, my friend actually told me, oh, um, you know what, there's actually, you know, you can actually study dance as a undergraduate degree. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? That's so cool. Because, you know, with ballet schools, like vocational schools, you have to train when you're really young. You have to go when you're like 
12, 13, uh, or maximum like maybe 16 to train in a valley vocational school. And I never thought I could go at 18, not a ballet school, but like dance training um, mm-hmm. at 18 professionally and go train. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. So I started looking at different um, dance degrees that are in the UK. And apart from university dance degrees, there are also conservatoires as well. So Romberg Conservatoire, and it's what does it mean by a conservatoire? It's like, you know, you get full-time professional, like performing arts dance training. So like it's more practical than academic classes. And that's what I want because I want more training. And at Romber, it's 50-50 as well. So you get 50% Valley and 50% of Contemporary, which is really great because I love both. And I didn't want to, you know, get rid of any of them. Although I did not see myself in the classical ballet world, I wanted to do Contemporary, but still wanted the ballet training. I wanted the ballet lines. And now, I don't know, I would say I can identify myself as both as usual, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, yeah, from then on, Okay, I auditioned for different schools in UK. I sent out all my applications. I did it all by myself, all the video recording. That was crazy. It was during mocks as well for DSE. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got accepted into a couple of schools and I chose Romberg at the end. And I'm really grateful that I chose Romberg because I think it's the perfect school for me. Because yeah. when I went to different auditions this year, because, you know, in third year, you have to audition for so many different places for after your year basically your professional life and I met so many different people from different schools not that the schools are not as good or whatever like I feel like every school has its uniqueness and I felt like Romber was the place for me so grateful that I'm at Romber and you know now that I've graduated I'm really happy to say I'll be joining uh, emergence dance company by Joss Arnett and the University of Salford so it's a postgraduate dance company and it's also a master's degree so I'll be joining uh, in late September and I'll get to work with different choreographers and we'll get to tour the UK as well so that's gonna be exciting that is a very in-depth intro <laughs> well it's because too long it's yeah yeah you because as like from my like history of like knowing Rachel I know that she has been really like passionate about dancing so like knowing actually you've gone so many steps through like going into what you want to do as a dancer I could see like this is all about passion and your dedication and you know the drive that makes you you know want to continue on into this path and I'm really happy like you know it's very rare for um a Hong Kong born person to you know reach this level of going into arts going into you know continuing on for your undergraduate your master's and even in your future career we're going to talk about that when your career pursuit and this whole thing but with all this like a cv portfolio of your you know your dance portfolio (laughs) can't really put that on my cv yeah i know but you have like a very (laughs) in-depth like dance portfolio you know going to apa and all that um 
I think it would be very interesting because when I used to be a kid, I actually also really liked ballet. And I remember, like, I bought a book that was, like, related to, like, how a dancer happens, like, every, you know, what their daily routine is. So, actually, mm-hmm. I'm really curious because, like, I think university is probably a little bit different. And as you said, like every different like dance school has their different routine. You say there's like 50-50 for contemporary and ballet. And, you know, you're a lot more on practical work. So actually, I'm really interested to know like what your daily routine of a dancer is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll just base it on my past three years, I would say, um, as a kind of vocational student. Um, our routine was, you know, our system was 50-50. So we had at least one ballet class per day and one contemporary class per day. So with ballet, you know, we do all the technique training, the bar, the center and all those. And then we have point as well every single day. And um, for contemporary, we have different styles of contemporary. So we train in Cunningham floor work release as well as Graham technique. And then we do at least one technique class per day as well for contemporary. And then during the week, I would say um, we have different classes as well. We have improv class. So you basically, you kind of learn and to do different exercises on improving. You, mm-hmm. you get what I mean? Improving and dance. Yeah. Yeah. So also we have rep projects and we have rehearsals as well when we have different shows we work with different choreographers uh we have in first and second year we have padada as well so in ballet you do padada like a guy and a girl um what else do we have in first year we had choreography class as well and then on the academic side in first year i think we had two critical studies classes per week and then in second third year we have one per week so we learn about nutrition dance history um anatomy all those different kind of things and then oh yeah in second third year we have fresh friday as well so we have a guest teacher coming in every single friday to teach Mm -hmm. us a class so we learn so much from from it as well and our schedule is from nine to six every single day basically it's not like your typical university student life from monday to friday nine to six and then even after six o'clock actually if we choreograph our own pieces, if we have anything on, we have rehearsals by ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. It might be until 8.30. Wow. And then for like a professional dancer, I would say they normally have company class in the morning so to warm up their bodies. And then they'll have rehearsals all day. So maybe yeah. it'll be from 10 to 5, 10 to 6 something like mm-hmm. that that's definitely not an easy job because of course you know the outer look of being a dancer is pretty nice you know get to wear pretty dresses or pretty things but definitely as we said before all the hard work you you know all the hard work you see on the stage it takes so many time mm-hmm. and challenges and all that but you know it's actually very like interesting because i bet there's going to be a lot of people asking you like why did you want to do dance and you did about your experience in hong kong this very like you going to apa and also being able to be a youth choreographer this is also a very like interesting opportunity but definitely there's going to be people asking you know oh why are you doing dance because people might think like uh okay you'll be a dancer so like 
what what kind of future would you probably get so yeah why did you actually originally want to like study dance and i bet like uk and hong kong's like dance environment is definitely like a bit different right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay i'll start with the first question why did i want to study dance i would say like as i mentioned that seed of like performing and always being on stage has always been at the back of my mind but i've always been like nah that's not gonna happen but with more opportunities coming through and um, having more opportunities to perform and work with different people, I was like, oh, wow, this can actually come true. And took a leap of faith and tried out to audition for different schools and, you know, went to like train at like Romper. So that was mm-hmm. a really, really good opportunity. And that was kind of like the realization of, oh, I can actually make it happen. And also with my parents as well, I would say in the past, like they aren't, you know, the most supportive parents, but um, they're always like, okay, academic first. But as they mm-hmm. saw me kind of bloom and actually having more opportunities to perform and seeing myself on stage, they're like, okay, okay, that, that yeah. might happen. And, you know, as a parent, they just want their kids to be happy. And mm-hmm. I would say at this stage, we're really lucky to be able to choose what we want to be in the past because for during our parents' time, I would say, they have to, you know, earn money and, you know, actually live. But I would say, like, now we do have to earn money and support ourselves as well. But we have the privilege a little bit to actually choose what we want to be, which mm-hmm. is really great. Um, yeah, I would say it's just because dance is such a short career. And I, yeah. I just don't want to regret as well it's something which I've always wanted to do but I did not give myself the confidence to because I'm like okay it's not really going to work out but seeing myself you know transition and going through that I was like okay it might actually happen and you know why not try out if it fails I'll just do a normal job yeah but I think actually you you've been probably one of the luckiest like group of people who could actually you know pursue your art dream and you know in even the undergraduate level this is actually such a privilege and i think it is quite difficult um as i said before i think in previous podcasts before i've said like it's really difficult to like per, like pursue a art career um without your parents support because you know in any ways we still require our parents to financially support us and you know changing their views or like any conservative views are quite a little bit difficult but i'm pretty happy you know your your parents are willing to see your um improvement and things like that but you know, uh, as they always say, currently, like, my dad still says, like, oh, it's good to, like, get a professional job, but as I said, like, our careers are also pretty professional right now. You have so mm-hmm. many in-depth knowledge, and vers- um, it's very versatile. It's actually very knowledgeable to know every single part, so there's definitely going to be a lot of challenges, you know, you face when you're going towards this, like, dance world, and as you know currently you're graduating and you're entering you know masters and things and that's probably one of the challenges you will start to face when you enter you know the actual working environment of a dance world but yeah could you like tell me a little bit about like 
the challenges, maybe you know, definitely competitiveness in the dance world. Not everyone's gonna be the one who shines on stage or um, the one who gets to choreograph a whole show. So, you want to talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, challenges definitely. And as you mentioned, um, you wanted me to talk about the differences between like UK and Hong Kong as well. So maybe I can expand on that a little bit, like from my experience. Um, mm-hmm. I would say one of my challenges in the beginning was the differences between the UK and Hong Kong as well. Uh, I would say like people approach work differently. They're more enthusiastic and they're more like out there. So it took me some time to transition into that. And I'm glad I got the opportunity to work with such an amazing bunch of people in my year as well. They really taught me a lot. So really grateful for that and I would say um, challenges in general it's it's such a competitive world like when you go to auditions like so I went to this audition and there were around like 800 something people and they only choose like 13 14 people mm-hmm. and then after my first round which was like 30 minutes 45 minutes I was cut oh, yeah wow. that's tough but yeah that's that's just normal and you can't really take it personally as well because it's really not you sometimes it's maybe your style your look that's it it's not how you dance yeah um it's on yeah because like i think we said about it before because for example if you're doing like a lion king show it's not really that easy to be like oh i'm like an asian outlook and then i can go for you know the main roles of like lion king or even aladdin like maybe because like some shows originally had the race that they wanted it to be and if you really want to be like the main characters you really have to be it's it's restricted a little bit restricted of course you could be like you know side dancers or anything but it's gonna be like you know you felt like oh I worked so hard I want to try and challenge myself a little bit more to step up a step and there's limitations so it's really about not getting hard feelings um when you go auditioning right yeah definitely it's just like being mentally strong and physically strong as well i would say in auditions and really doing your research on the company and um you know auditioning and seeing how you feel about it as well because sometimes like even if you feel great about an audition sometimes maybe you don't get it it's not really not about you it's you know what they're looking for and maybe this time it's they're not looking for you and it's totally fine as well that's one of the challenges i would say and yeah you just have to be strong (laughs) yeah but i know like you know currently with like the virus and things and you just came back to hong kong but i know that you have been struggling quite a bit after graduation about like the dance world and auditioning and things like that Right. Yeah. Um, well, I'm really lucky that I got somewhere to be for next year, but mm-hmm. with some of my friends because lockdown happens so quickly, and you know the budget, the funding for everything, like for the arts, like everywhere in the world, they all like just cut. It's cut. Yeah. They think it's not quite essential, and it's just really sad because a lot of people have lost their jobs and. Some of my friends who have nowhere to be right now, they're just like, oh gosh, what should I do? Um, mm. That's just really bad. And I would say one of the challenges during lockdown is mm. because, you know, everybody's like, work from home. 
and with you know normal universities you just listen to lectures and do a paper and everything online instead that's fine i would say that's not a huge yeah. change but for us dancers we still had to like you know train our muscles do like class every single day because we'll lose it if we don't do it we need to keep mm-hmm. our technique up and keep our brains working so mm-hmm. it was quite difficult to you know keep up with all those classes you know we still had at least two three classes per day we need mm-hmm. to dance in our small rooms small apartments me with my carpet floor that wasn't great um yeah but i would say lockdown has taught me to keep myself motivated and that i can actually achieve things even in a tiny small room i still keep up with my technique and still keep up with my stamina and everything we still had to do like pilates and cardio and that really helped mm-hmm. you know it, we were all in shape so that was great yeah yeah but I, i know like lockdown definitely crushes a lot of like the dance world but i think it's not just like the performing arts of course people would think like uh, yeah dancers right now it's definitely like the royal albert hall is like closed and like a lot of like the performing halls are like closed because of like the pandemic and you know a lot of performance are cut and then people would be like I don't really have a future in doing arts but I definitely remember we've talked before that there's definitely not just one job in the dance world we're not just going to be the dancer or not just going to be the choreo- like choreographer I think I have never really asked you before about like what you really want to pursue as like your future career in dancing because I know that there's not only like dancers and choreographers there's also different diverse jobs in the you know dance community like what would you think because i definitely guess hong kong people would definitely just ask you like hey are you like are you gonna be like the performer or like are you gonna have like a studio or be a teacher oh yeah Yeah, lots of that lots of that it's like are you gonna have a dance studio to teach your kids yeah my kids but kids in general i'm like Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah. For stuff. for me personally, um, I would really want to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want to stay in the UK or Europe to f- perform for a bit first, and then one day go back to Hong Kong and develop the dance industry there because I know it's still growing and really want to develop that dance industry in Hong Kong. Um, and to reach out to the community as well, to give more opportunities to younger generations as well, and. Okay, apart from what I'm doing right now, I was also a One Dance UK dance ambassador and future leader for Dance Consortium for like this year. Mm-hmm. So that has taught me a lot as well. And um, in 2019, I was selected to be a participant for the Young Rule Retreat as well, which was led by Chris Hampson. Um, and it was a young leader's for mm-hmm. people in dance as well so that was mm-hmm. a really cool thing because that has taught me that okay I actually want to be like a leader in dance someday and I kind of want to do that to you know change the world a little bit and contribute mm-hmm. to the world I'm in and advocate for dance as well is what I've learned from YAF, uh, One Dance UK, Dance Consortium. I really want to advocate dance um, I've done so much with them this year as well uh, one dance UK and dance consortium 
I've mm-hmm. been to different uh, national youth platforms like You Dance in One Dance UK, from One Dance UK in London. I've helped out for that. And then I've helped out with Yorkshire Schools Dance Festival. And I've mm-hmm. chatted with like different kids as well on dance. And I just want to, you know, spread the good message of dance out there and let people know how good it is to like dance. Like you, you don't have to become like a dancer. Um, there's so much more that you can become. And you can just do like, a normal job or whatever if even if you have studied dance in the past because there are so many like good things you can learn about in dance like to be persistent to keep yourself motivated to have the discipline and mm-hmm. um yeah to be honest if you study dance or um you can actually become not just a performer or a choreographer you can even become a community artist a producer dance scientist dance researcher um, there's so so much that you can wow, become dance and, researcher. Um, yeah, so you That's do different researches on different things. Um, mm-hmm. Like with dance scientists, they actually do a lot of different researches. For example, in the psychology aspect, and actually, um, there's sports science, right? So there's dance science yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like that. Like you know, oxygen levels, all sorts of different things to improve the mentality and physicality of dancers and that's a growing field as well and I think Mm -hmm. more people should learn about it yeah Um, I think that is like that is quite an important thing to advocate and show a lot of like Asian cultures about you know these art art schools or like for dance because you know as a normal person we would never have known that dance could involve all kinds of things but it's quite normal now you know we're not just like okay it's just not about the pretty outlooks about anything every single thing that you see on the stage requires so many people behind it to manage all the all the artists the the whole stage the whole design you know you need the choreographer but you also need all these like dance scientists or like therapists to like heal the dancers and make sure they don't like you know have muscle tears or like anything like that and you know make sure their mental and physical health is like ready for their shows that's also really important you know studying dance is not just about studying the pretty outlooks of performing it's all also about how you show the culture of dance show um debunk not a lot of like old knowledge about you know how people think Mm -hmm. that is quite an important point that we keep on wanting to show even from my own perspective like I want to do a lot of art stuff or anything that's related to craft and I think this is all so limited in Hong Kong and I think it's really important for people to know more about we're gonna give a pause right here and we're gonna go towards the second part later on and definitely talk a bit more about why rachel you want to go against the norms it's quite a difficult thing to tell people around you that you want to do dance or you know just debunk the um ideas about that so we're gonna talk a bit more on the second part and right now we're gonna go for a little break and we'll see you in part two
part two of our podcast with Rachel. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> But um, thank you if you survived till part two. As I always said, usually these episodes are relatively longer. And <laughs> we tend to like talk very a lot important. of like very important stuff, but definitely part two is quite more important um, because I think this is uh, as I've knew Rachel for quite a long time. We've always been passionate about the arts and you know passionate about things that's not like not exactly the norm of you know Hong Kong society um, as usual um our school we're not gonna say who but like um the school that we used to go like or maybe it's just Hong Kong community as an overall um stresses a lot about you know doing a professional job you know professional career um doctor lawyer typical stuff that you know conservative parents would say to your kids about doing and stress you to you know go to all these like a- academy to you know study 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 but we think you know there's very high importance of arts but Being courageous enough to go against norms, um, current norms in Hong Kong is quite, um, you know, you really need to take up a lot of challenges because Hong Kong society would pre-assumed us with um, saying like, oh, you're studying the arts. Um, are you not being serious about your studies? Are you not working hard enough? But as we said in part one before, this is not an easy job to be a dancer or even going into the dance world. You know, there's so many competitiveness. There's so many like challenges you have to go through. Um, and even if you've heard the first part of introduction, Rachel has such a in depth of like experience in the dance world to be able to actually pursue her career and in further into undergraduate and now as masters as well um so actually i think this is quite a big question like how do you think people perceive about you know hong kong students going into arts i mean as an actual you know current studying arts <laughs> art student what did you think about it i would say um i don't know people like you know with people studying arts here they would be like first impression or first kind of comment they'll be like oh um so you didn't really study well or are you is this just like a hobby Mm-hmm. Or why are you doing this? Like, there are so many other like career options. Like, you can be like professional in other areas. Like, you know, if you study arts, like you can't really get any money at all, or all those. Yeah. So cool. I would say, as artists, like you have to be t- determined, and you're very vers- versatile as well. So you'll find a way. Like, no matter how hard it is, mm-hmm. you'll really find a way. Like, you'll make a you have a way to make it work. That's it. And I would say, like, with, you know, students who want to pursue the arts, you really do need to kind of have a plan, like, show other people, like, you can do this, like, make other people think, okay, you can do this, make them have the confidence so you can actually do it. It's yeah. hard. And um, I would say one one more thing, people, as I think I've mentioned it, but like people still think like people doing the arts or not even pursuing if they're in, in the arts, 
mm-hmm. still think that, oh, there it's just a hobby. It's not, you know, a real thing. But it's not just a hobby. Like it yeah. was our hobby when we were younger, but and it's great that we can do something which we really like and it's our job as well. So that's amazing. But it's not just a hobby. We put in our life in it. It's like blood, sweat and tears. I think and- probably for a lot of people who new if you're a current like for example you're a current student who's just pursuing arts they don't think about you seriously because it's like you're definitely gonna like fail in part way like some way and then probably you just go back to a normal desktop job and then unless you became like famous as in like touring around the world and going to like dance performance and you know people actually seeing you performing on stage or something like that they would be like oh wow such a good job um because it's all about fame it it would be like wow you're a famous artist you're you're in a famous orchestra even even for musicians like oh you're a famous musician you're a famous like designer you're a famous artist or something as long as it lingers with famous they agree that art is good thing for your career path but while you're doing that they would doubt every single path that you're going like going towards i think Mm -hmm. there's a lot that people outside arts need to know about and what would you say to you know people who are not familiar with arts or just have like the basic knowledge of like oh you're becoming an art (laughs) like teacher or like you're having a studio like what would actually tell them i would tell them that well you know, as artists, like we are definitely serious about our job. We've put in like our whole life, our blood, sweat and tears into it. And it's our job. Like you really need to take us seriously. Don't underpay us because a lot of the times I'll be like, okay, you can do this for experience. But you won't say that to, you know, another person be like, oh, do this for experience. I don't give you any money, but do this for experience. It's good on your CV. A lot of times like, Mm-hmm. You know, artists, dancers, actors, at the beginning of our careers, we do a lot of free stuff if you get what I mean, because they mm-hmm. say, okay, we'll give you this for experience. But you know what? We've like put in so much money, put in so much time to train and to become who we want to be. But it's hard. And they really know, they need to know that they have to pay us well, treat us seriously, and have a kind of respect for us as well. Like, what you see on stage or maybe in like a film or a project or anything, it doesn't happen in one day. It takes years of training, a lot of determination, a lot of courage to become who we are because it's not that easy. Like try doing, you know, a plie or like a tondu like yeah. at the bar. It takes so much time to, you know, even perfect that movement, which we've learned since we were like three, but still now we can't do it perfectly. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's just difficult. People need to know how difficult it is. We are versatile. We can do other jobs as well. Yeah. But why did we choose to do art? Because we love art. We know that it won't, we won't get a ton of money, but it's what we love doing. And no matter how hard it is, we'll continue to fight for it because not that many people can be, you know, famous, as you say. A lot mm-hmm. of people end up, you know, doing different projects, uh, hopping from one job to another, and that's like normal for us. And what people need to know is really to respect us and be thankful that we exist as well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 
quite related to a research I've seen before because currently with you know the virus and stuff we're not able to go outdoors and um, definitely people would pay a lot of attention onto the medical staff because they are really important in like keeping our health and healing us and taking care of us but there's also a lot of importance to other communities and other groups of people especially the people in arts um there was a research um by one of the artists that i um knew um on instagram about craft and she did a post about a research that people think like that research was about um how art people are not important during this like COVID time and I was definitely like, no, you know how important art people are during this time is because everyone's trapped indoors. Who are the ones who is like doing all these like entertainment for you? You know, you need to like, you need the actors to have shows to like let you see. Um, There's so many like producers behind it, directors, screenwriters, and even for, you know, dance who are the ones who are doing choreography who's the one who's like doing all these arts where the the art people are so important because we provide like we provide the mental side you know the the relaxation the healing Mm -hmm. part especially during this time with all the virus and pandemic and you know you're going a lot of stress because you're locked inside you can't really go outside to explore or go travel as usual and what is better to stay indoors you know watch something you like um, watch um, a show you like I was really happy because you know before um, you know, um, the Royal Albert Hall closed for Phantom of the Opera but they did like a YouTube like they replayed the YouTube oh, yeah I watched one it. it was so nice because like during the lockdown time you're like I've been lacking a lot in the art industry and being able to you know watch the whole show of like Phantom of the Opera um, on YouTube was such a privilege because you can see how beautiful and how much work everyone put in to create such a show that's why art people are equally important during this seriously um, dangerous time as mm-hmm. any medical star staff because I think this is also one thing um, a lot of people need to know. Art people also has a very, like, high importance in the industry. Yeah, and it's so sad. Phantom of the Opera now is shut, so very, very sad. So, Hmm. yeah. And also, I think that the reason why, like, going against norms um, for us, as in Hong Kong people, is because... I think that currently in the Hong Kong society, it still lacks so much about, you know, how to support, you know, small businesses or um, supporting Mm -hmm. like art on an overall or even supporting like performance because um, there's, they don't really think this is like something that prosper the society. Um, But I think, you know, entertainment is also quite an important, like, soft power, you know, to attract people. And if you have a good soft power, you also would be very strong in, you know, the international base because people would be recognizing you as well for your performance and for your diversity and supporting these small artists because, you know, dude, I don't want to sit in the office every day just looking at my computer 24 7 you know the reason why we want to pursue dance we want to pursue craft is because 
we think this is something that is so lacking in this community and this has to be broadened out and has to be show and bigger importance in this complicated situation and i think you said before that you were one of the ambassadors in uk you know advocating for dance and doing outreach i think this is actually a very very good way to you know show people about dance and show people about the arts what um do you want to talk a bit more about like that experience and maybe how you would probably bring this to hong kong community in the future Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was a One Dance UK dance ambassador and dance consortium future leader as well um, this year. And yeah, as mentioned, in um, we actually did we helped out for a lot of different events for young people. So I would say um, in the UK, dance is I would say the dance education is a bit more um, a little bit better than Hong Kong, like. There are more opportunities for the youth, especially, um, for example, they have like the CAT scheme. So the, the youth have like kind of after school training, if they want to be a little bit more serious in dance, like a lot more opportunities for young people to train. And some like youth dance festivals as well, for example, U Dance or Yorkshire Schools Dance Festival, which I helped out both in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say they have more of these opportunities. And then from these opportunities, I saw that, oh, wow, they actually have these really cool opportunities for, to develop youngsters, whether they want to be professionals or not. It's still like a good way for them to be involved in the arts. And remember, there was an experience at the Yorkshire Schools Dance Festival because the ages, wow, like the age range was so big. There was some like kindergarten kids and there were some like amazing like kind of high school kids as well. And you can see, like, the different age groups doing dance. And, you know, like, some of them were only taught by their, like, school teacher, homeroom teacher, dance. And, you know, like, doing some sort of movements. That's dance as well. And Mm -hmm. I would want to, you know, bring that back to the Hong Kong community one day. Like, bring back to, I would say, kind of, I would say, I don't really have a plan right now. It's really rough. Mm -hmm. But I would say I want to promote dance. Maybe, like, you know, bring dance to the elderly or, like, some kids who are, like, um, who don't have access to dance and I remember there was this like project uh, yeah that I helped out in um, a jockey club project um, it was like a community arts project as well it was for like I think the whole year but then they had so many different projects and there was one for like some kids one for the elderly and one called city dancing which connects different communities with dance and that was such a special thing to do to bring like dance which is like a universal movement you know it's moving yeah you do that all the time you don't need to even understand each other in order to do that to you know spread that love around and i would say kind of bring more awareness of the arts and dance to people in hong kong as well and possibly kind of develop the younger generation yeah lots of different things and you know as well as to perform as well bring what I've learned back and Mm -hmm. all sorts of different things which I have in my head yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think it's more about you know communicating through dance because like as you said you know it's just movement it's like a second language is it's how people can connect um I think the idea of broadenizing this um, dance culture is 
quite an important thing and also just telling i think basically i think for every act like art advocate it's just you know to tell the community about how beautiful art is and you're really the younger generation i think i did a um a post on my instagram i was like you know i literally learned nothing from my 15 years of education um (laughs) it's not that i've learned literally nothing but it was more about what i learned outside you know curriculum and stuff because throughout our lives we have been taught to you know read books to do exams and you know we have been in the system of like study 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 every single day study 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 and we have not been explored about other things that we're actually capable of and a lot of times you know in the future you actually find that you have no use in in, in any of that knowledge but a lot more was like how your mentality was um, during that period of time. And I also think that uh, one thing um, you said was how practical something is because a lot of the stuff that we've learned um, before is not really that practical in real life. And I think that, for example, when you study dance, you said, you know, a lot of the, the the lessons that you had were a lot more practical instead of something that's very theoretical. Of course, theoretical stuff are important for your knowledge and your building and how you understand about a subject. But a lot of the times, it's how practical something is that you can apply in real life. And I think that even, you know, when you look at arts, arts is actually something that's quite related to real life you know there's a lot of art relevant stuff in in real life and for example as dance um, second language communication body language communication in this period of time it's so difficult to you know physically you know see each other or like talk but you can always represent your feelings through your movements and just try to influence people in that certain kind of way so i always think that it's not really about um how you what you've learned but how you feel during the process and that's something like you know word of advice and yeah it's so difficult because of course we're not i think we're definitely not trying to like change people's minds of uh uh, oh, you have to go into the arts. Um, there's definitely going to be people who are rejective of this this industry because um, they would even feel like, oh, we're not earning um, as much, right? We're not um, earning as a doctor is. But I think every part, um, every job has its own difficulty. Um, even for the arts, we need a lot of knowledge in arts as you know mm-hmm. dance and you're not That's just so learning true. about dance moves right you're you're learning about um the history and all the art background and why it was created and all this kind of stuff right yeah and with dance moves as well as a dancer you need to pick it up like asap it's such yeah. a good skill to have in real life as well and there's just, just so much you have to be equipped with like as an artist of mm-hmm. any kind of form i would say and yeah, another word of advice I would give to people pursuing the arts this time is to, mm-hmm. you know, dream big, just go for it, really believe in yourself because when things hit you, you're like, you're your own biggest supportive fan and you have to really believe in yourself. 
because your mentality is very important. And if you think you can't make it, you can't make it. If you can't, yeah. you think you can make it, you will make it. You will make it for sure. You just have to really believe in yourself and believe that you can do it or else. It's such a mind game to be an artist, I would say. Sometimes yeah. it's not how skillful you are. It's about the mentality. Which yeah, how, how you can chat about it next time or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think the mental struggle and it, in, in art industry is quite hard because of all the pressures that people give on us. But yeah, I think word of advice for a lot of people is like, if you have a dream, just go for it and also live your like live for yourself don't live for other people because it's definitely going to be hard in the dance world uh don't let people like words talking about like oh you're not skilled enough you're not like professionally skilled dude our people are very professionally skilled okay we have so much more knowledge you know I, um, literally if if you say about like fashion design it's so complicated you need to like learn about um the the fabric how to like you know different colors and different textures and you know how to balance everything and as art and as every other subject and as like dancing is like you need to know so much and don't use like one language to like determine all of the art industry and you know we're not forcing anyone but if you have the passion to do it just go for it and you know live for yourself because you only live once, so do something that you really like and you're really passionate about. Don't wait until you're, like, old and you regret it because life is too short. Yeah, and also, if, like, for a dance, like, dance job, it, it, it's kind of like a kind of like an athlete right there's a certain period of it time. is definitely an athlete definitely yeah you yeah. have a certain period of time that you could only do that during that period of time and then afterwards you really have to think about new stuff to do so I think as long as you're young enough and you have the passion to do it that is quite important you know pursue it mm-hmm. so Rachel's great podcast like I love you know knowing more about the um the different industry and especially like you're so much more in depth into this dance world and telling people about dance and at like educating people about the environment and competitiveness and I think this is such a good way to you know advocate to um, different people about our our opinions as um, art um, enthusiasts or um, as art people. So, do you want to like promote your little accounts and you know let people know <laughs> more and ask you a bit more about like dance if yeah. they're interested? For sure. So you can find me on Instagram. I have the professional dance account now. So it's Rachel Yan Ting Lee. So uh, Rachel C H E L Y A N. T-I-N-G-L-I follow uh-huh. my dance account and feel free to DM me and ask me any questions if you have any questions on life <laughs> on dance or whatever mm-hmm. yeah I think Rachel's definitely the one if you want to ask about you know dance you're in Hong Kong and if you you know you want to take dance as your next step yeah definitely ask me I can give you some suggestions although yeah. I'm only starting my career now but still you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think it takes a long time to build so if you're young and you know you want to learn more about um just 
think of it as a hobby first, of course, if you're still studying right now. Um, think of it as a hobby, but also seriously think about, you know, going into the industry because it's always, there's so much more opportunities and it's so diverse and you won't regret it, you know, just take a step out and do it. So thank you very much, Rachel. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, um, as always, um, follow me on Instagram at um, divedeepwlavinia. Um, subscribe to this podcast uh, follow this podcast click whatever download <laughs> follow it on all the platforms because we really need more listeners uh, um, definitely we're gonna hear Rachel more on future podcasts we have a lot of podcasts planning up for both of us um, um, we might have Rachel over to co-host a few other episodes um, and also having her guest on a few other interesting topics that we've talked about so look forward for her amazing voice and her amazing ideas in the future and as always i am all ears open and feel free to send me dms or send me voice messages about your feelings and what you want to talk about and we'll see you in the next episode bye bye